Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve, how are you, man? I am good. How are you, Dan? I'm excellent. Thanks for being here, sir. And thanks to all of you for joining us. This is going to be a super fun music theory workshop session. Guys, if you're just uh, piling in here, we are right now, we're going to be talking about music theory. Uh, This is our little music theory workshop series that we're doing. All this is related to Steve's masterclass called Music Theory Masterclass. It's available at guitarzoom.com. If you've always wanted to learn music theory, uh, then keep watching. If you'd like to learn it faster and get an A to Z blueprint to follow, you check out Steve Stein's Music Theory Masterclass, available at guitarzoom.com. And if you have questions, guys, put them in the old comment box. Please subscribe and turn on notifications so you can be notified of the next session. They're going to be uh, publishing soon. And uh, let us know what you want to learn and what questions you have so we can address them in, an, in another session or even in here. So tell us what we're going to be doing today, my friend. Well, um, I, I saw that a few people had commented about how intervals work with chords, and I thought it would be kind of a nice thing to be able to do is actually take a look at a chord and see how it relates to the intervals that we talked about in the last session. Sounds perfect. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So what we're going to do, let me put my guitar down for a second here. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're just going to start off by looking at a C chord. So basically when we, when we talk about chords, if you had joined us in the uh, building chords out of the major scale section that we did, basically chords are built on what we call thirds. So in regular terms, that just means every other note, right? So if we think about C going to E, that's a third, okay? Or it's every other note, C, D, E, right? If we add another one, C, D, E, F, G, right? So if we think about this, the distance from C to E is a major third. The distance from E to G is a minor third, okay? Now, again, you can always go back to one of those other videos or, you know, check out Music Theory Masterclass to learn this stuff if, if but let's just keep going. And you just got to trust me that I'm not lying to you, okay? <laughs> so C to E is a major third. E to G is a minor third, okay? Mm-hmm. If we add on another third every other note for the first three notes or excuse me if we just here's our first three notes but if we add another one we wind up with b right c d e f g a b okay so if we look at the distance from g to b now that would be a major third so we're always dealing with major thirds or minor thirds all of these intervals are major thirds and minor thirds but here's what i want to show you that kind of relates to what we were talking about in uh, the last live session we had by the way, guys, while he's writing that up, I want to let you know that uh, this music theory workshop that we're doing right now will be available on YouTube. Um, you can just go to YouTube and type in Guitar Zoom. It'll be there on the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel. We'll put it together for you in a playlist so that you uh, can start the very first one and watch them all the way through if that's what you'd like to do. So don't worry if you missed anything or if you might be a little lost or if you might like, ah, I don't really remember when we talked about intervals. Well, it's in there for you. Okay. You can always go back and watch that and, or 
you know, you roll in the masterclass, however you want to learn it. So go ahead, buddy. Yep. So when we're building, basically what happens is if you remember what we talked about in the last one, if you were with us, we talked about the root, the third and the fifth. Well, what happens in music, which is kind of cool, is that you just keep stacking thirds. So you, what you wind up with is what we call the root, the third, the fifth, and then we'd add a seventh, and then we'd add a ninth, and then we'd add eleventh, and then we add a thirteenth, and we can't go any higher than that. And that's kind of what I want to explain to you today as easy as possible without taking too much of your time. So if you think about it, C would be the root, E would be the third, G would be the fifth, C, D, E would be the third, C, D, E, F, G would be the fifth. C, D, E, F, G, A, B would be the seventh, right? And right here you can see the actual intervals that we're talking about. C to E would be a major third. C to G would be a perfect fifth. And C to B would be a major seventh, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, what used to confuse me is that you have all the way up through a major seventh and then you have the octave of the, the note you started on, in this case, C. So what do we call everything past that? Well, a ninth, like I always thought, well, what, what's a ninth? We don't even have nine notes in a scale. And what you have to understand is that a ninth is just an octave of a two. Okay? That's how music theory works, is that a ninth is really a two. It's just the octave of that. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if we think about the scale, C would be our root. Well, D would be our second. So D is also our ninth. So in music theory, we often refer to this as a ninth. So if I was to add on the next third, again, every other note, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, right? Now I've got this D sitting here, and I'm going to refer to that D as the ninth. Okay. And by the way, guys, like you said, it can be referred to like, that could be a C9 or it could be a C2 chord. Some people just call it a two, not to be right. confused with a sus two. Yeah, that's uh, sus two is an entirely different thing. So don't worry about yeah. that right now. But yeah, that's the thing is, is again, it, it depends on the teacher. It depends on the education, what you would call this. But more often than not, I think you'd see this written as C9. That's what you'd see yeah. this written as. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's be technical here. It actually be C major nine. For those of mm. you that know what I'm talking about, it wouldn't just be C9. It'd be C major nine. C okay. Nine. So yeah. That's a great point, actually. Yeah, because C9 would be a different, a different seventh, but again, we're not there yet. This is all covered in the Music Theory Masterclass, but this, mm -hmm. technically, we'd have to call it a C major 9, okay? But let's yeah. just keep going with our intervals for now, and then we'll come back to that Yeah. if we are utterly confused. So if we add another third on, we'll think about it, D, E, F. So now we've got to add an F on there, okay? So now that F is called an 11th. And the reason I'm choosing the key of C, remember, is that the key of C doesn't have any sharps or flats. So I'm trying to keep things nice and easy here. You know, if we were doing the key of G, we would have a sharp. If we were doing the key of D, we'd have two sharps. So I'm just using the key of C. I love to use the key of C if you're not familiar with this, because then we don't have to worry about trying to figure out sharps and flats and everything. So just trying to keep things nice and easy here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let me grab my guitar here. Okay. So C. If I went up here to a C, E, G, which makes the sound of your G, your G triad, that's your, your or excuse me, C, I'm sorry, your C triad, your C chord, that's what I'm building. So if I add on another note, if I go C, E, G, 
note B, I get a different kind of sound there. I get more of what's called a, a C major 7. Right there, it's written major 7. Mm -hmm. So when I add in that B, it gets this kind of jazzy tone. Okay, so... That's the sound I'm getting, okay? So I have C, E, G, B. Okay, well now I gotta figure out, I gotta get a D in there. So I've got that sound right there. Sounds really pretty. Mm -hmm. And then I've got my D, I can go up to my F. See how colorful that sounds? Mm -hmm. If you count the notes I'm playing, I'm playing one, two, three, four. Uh, I've got C, E, G, B, D, and then F. So one, two, three, four, five, six notes. Okay. Well, we can add on one more note, which is the A, and we call that a 13th. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. So the thing that used to confuse me until I figured this out is that a ninth is really a two, an eleventh is really a four, and an A, the thirteenth, is really a six. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what's happening. But understand that we cross the line here in logic, in theory. There's a C sitting there. There's the octave of the C sitting right there, right? Now, as guitar players, we don't always play these in order. We don't always play these in different octaves like this and all that sort of thing. Like a piano is more linear, so you can think about it laid out across there. On a guitar, you're, you're battling six strings in a certain position on the guitar. And so when you think about, like when you play a C chord, for instance, like this, if I play that C major chord, I'm not playing C, E, G. I'm playing C, G, C, G, C. So I'm playing three octaves of C right here, and they're not perfectly laid out in this order. So what makes the guitar a little bit more confusing is that there's the logic of this, but when you apply it to the guitar, it doesn't always sit this pretty. It doesn't always sit exactly like mm -hmm. this, um, if that makes sense. It does. And guys, um, one, one thing to know, this always used to confuse me, is that even if you have notes that repeat, like in that chord that Steve was just playing, how many C's did he have? Three, right? Is it correct? Yep. So there's three different C's in there. Once the note is present, 
you can repeat that same note two different times. It's fine. It doesn't change the quality of the chord. Once you have a C and an E present, it doesn't change the quality of the chord. You can have two or three different types of E's. You can play them in different octaves. Same things with, with any note. So what, what it's kind of like, remember the old, uh, in algebra when you're like in eighth grade or whatever, the lowest common denominator, right? Figuring out how to reduce the equation down to the simplest form. The same thing applies to chord theory. And what we're talking about here is taking those notes. Like even if the note repeats, you can just, if you're trying to think of what chord is this, you can always just ignore those repeated notes and just boil it down to how many unique letters do I have in this chord? C, E, G, and B. That's always going to be a major seventh chord. Okay? Right. Well, then so don't get confused about the repeated notes. He's 1 million percent right. And the thing is, is a lot of players, as you get a little bit better with this knowledge, you start realizing that you don't need all those octaves. And so they don't play them all. So they start leaving them out. Right. So for instance, if, um, if I, and again, changing the camera angle isn't going to help because you're not going to be able to see me anyway. But if I went up to this C major chord here, and instead of playing all those, let's say I wanted to play a C major seven chord. Uh, which means I'd be playing C, E, G, and B, right? So I'm playing those four notes. Well, instead of playing multiple octaves of those, some people will play this where they'll play C on this sixth string, and then E on the third string, G on the second string, and B on the fourth string, and then they'll deaden out the fifth string and the second string. They won't even use those. Sounds great. Yeah, and a lot of times when you do that, it, the, the, the chord gets a little less muddy, if you will, because you don't have so many strings ringing yes. all of the time. So there's lots of different ways as a guitar player that you can approach playing these things. Okay, the application is, is something entirely that takes a little while to get used to. Today, I guess, kind of the, the, the point is, is for you to understand what it is and how it's laid out like this and why it, we're calling them what they are. And then learning how to apply that all over your fretboard takes a little while, a little more practice, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, also, guys, you don't have, I guess this is saying the same thing that Steve just said. And I'm just repeating what I heard him say. Hopefully <laughs> I'm getting this right. You don't have to play all the notes for it to be a minor seventh chord, for example, for or major seventh. So for example, or, or minor seventh or dominant or any of those. Yeah, stuff. You don't have to play right. every single chord. Yes. So he was just showing you, he was talking about it getting muddy. The whole point is there are certain notes in chords that have to be there for them to be, for example, major or minor. There are certain chords that have to be there for them to be a major seventh or minor seventh or dominant seventh. But the fifth, I'll just tell you, I'll let you in a little secret. The fifth is actually always the least important of any of those things. If you want to drop out, and, and you also have to repeat the octave. So you could drop out that fifth, for example, and make the chord less muddy. See, so if you were going to play just, like play your C major seventh there, Steve, that you were just showing us. Did that have the fifth in it? I can't remember. This right now has the root, the third, the fifth. So if I drop that fifth out. It still sounds like a major seventh. You hear that, guys? So he's only playing three it's notes. It's kind of irrelevant to that, yep. Yeah. That's just so, a little tip for you. Anytime you're doing anytime you're dealing with these seventh chords, these ninths, elevenths, and thirteenths, the fifth is the least important note. So if you want to drop something, if, you, if your hands are, if your fingers are all scrunched or you're having problems, you can drop that fifth. Well, and think about it this way too. If you were playing a C 
major 13 chord, which is what this technically would be called. There's seven notes. You can't even play seven notes on the guitar unless you have seven you strings, I suppose, right? Right. Um, so when you're, when you're playing chords that ex extend like this, you're not obligated to play all of these notes. You, you wind up choosing which notes seem like they're the most important for the situation you find yourself in or the fingering. I mean, there's a lot of different things, again, that, that go beyond what we're talking about right now. We're just talking about the theory of building the chord. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but as you keep going, of course, yeah, it becomes impossible to play all those notes. And again, if you use the logic that Dan and I are talking about, sometimes you don't want all those notes. So you might only focus in on, you know, three or four or two or three of those notes to really make that chord sound the way you want it to sound. Yes. That's what used to confuse me when I was a kid, because there are literally a thousand different ways of playing the same chord on this. Well, not a thousand, but there's a lot of different ways on the guitar to play the same chord. That's and then, right. you know, then the reality hits you that you don't always have to, just because a C chord is five strings, doesn't mean you have to strum all five strings. You might only strum two strings, or you might play it somewhere else. You know, there's lots of different ways you can play the same chord on the guitar, you know? Right. So, yeah. And all that's related to the cage system that he was just showing you right there, guys, which is... The cage system is actually covered in music theory for life masterclass. So you might want to check that out if that's some uh, particular thing that you're interested in. We actually, that course is so comprehensive. Um, it covers all these scales, all this intervals, this chord theory that we're talking about. It covers um, modes. It also covers caged. So it's a really comprehensive thing, guys. And um, don't let this overwhelm you. There's, we're going to do some more of these series here in the workshop, the guitar theory workshop. If you are interested in, um, or I should say music theory workshop for guitar, if you are <clears throat> interested in enrolling in that class, you can check it out. It's it's just called Ma Music Theory Masterclass. It's at uh, guitarzoom.com. This has uh, been really good, Steve. I love the way you teach this. Is you break it down in a way, because I came from the classical world of all this stuff, and now as I'm hearing you explain it for guitar, I'm like that, that's a really simple way to understand that in a practical way where you can just immediately go and start applying this to your fretboard. So thank you for that, sir. And thank you for sharing your talents with us. Absolutely. Guys, if you um, would like to be notified of the next music theory workshop that we're going to be doing, please turn on, uh, subscribe to the channel that you're currently watching this on, wherever that is, and uh, turn on notifications so you can get the little notice that hey we're going to be going live we're trying to do these consistently at a specific time uh we're not perfect with it but uh you know even if you don't get the notification hopefully you can tune in at the time to check it out and uh if you have any additional questions please let us know steve thanks again my friend i really appreciate it i'm looking forward to doing the next music theory workshop with you brother absolutely take care and we'll talk to you all soon okay all right see you guys Bye. thanks for being here Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. What I did is just memorize which keys had, which was it sharp or flat? That was my first question. Okay, so if I'm saying E flat, it's obviously going to have flats and not sharps. If it's E, okay, cool. I would think, what's the key signature of E? It's definitely not a flat key because there's only one key that has flats and that's F. And that has one flat, but the rest of them are going to have flat in the name.
Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.